day, big divine deposit in us regarding some really intense things that are happening in our nation. As you've heard me say, today I want to tackle, um, at least chew on the chew on part of the big elephant of the racial divide in our country and address it as Christians. Next week, I want to talk about the, the, the political divide in our country and how we as believers should be approaching these things. So today's going to be a little bit of heart surgery. So um, I'd like to say something that might not be obvious to many of you. I'm white. But I will say this, just so you know where I'm coming from on a personal level, I married a woman of Hispanic descent. Her father is from Monterrey, Monterrey, Mexico. We adopted a black boy from Africa. We adopted an Asian boy from Vietnam. And just so that we weren't being unfair, we had four biological children that are white. So we had the United Nations around our table at dinner. Um, and because of the sensitive nature of today's topic, I did not want to stand up here as a white man alone addressing the racial divide. So I've invited a friend of mine from East County, Pastor Archie Robinson, who uh, was on the ground when Alfred uh, Alongo was shot, and he was there in the protests. He was there at the prayer meeting with the mayor and down to the uh, Elko police station and many pastors came. I used to pastor in East County for 10 years. So I know what they have done in East County and bringing tremendous unity in the public sector, the private sector and the church sector. They've been working together for 20 plus years and they have, they have such unity down there. So when this happened, it, 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 it threatened to rip apart what they have built for decades down there. And so Archie is right up in the middle of that. So I thought he would be a great voice for us today. He's also spoken to some of my French churches around the city. And um, so I have him here today. But I want to open it today. I'm going to take about five minutes to deposit one thought into our minds that I feel is very important for us. And then I'm going to turn it over to Archie to, to uh, run the last three legs of the race here today. So. I want to ask a question in a moment that might seem rhetorical, but it's not. And uh, before I do that, I want us to pray. I want you to pray this with me, would you? Because this is what today is about. Say, God, get me off of my page. Get me onto your page. I don't want my perceptions my prejudices, or my view about this issue. I want yours. So I give you permission to mess with my heart today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right. You gave, you gave me the invitation, so here it comes. I want to introduce you to a few very important people. Um. This first picture is of a gentleman named Alton Sterling. He's 37 years old, was, and a father of five. Then we have Philando Castile, who was 32 years old and was a fiancé. Getting ready to be married. Alfred Alongo was 30 years old. And the stepfather of one, Taj. Michael Smith was 55 years old, a husband and a father of two. Brent Thompson was 43 years old, husband, father of six, and a grandfather of three. Patrick Zamaripa was 33 years old, husband and father of two. Lauren Arens was 48 years old, husband and father of two. And Michael Kroll was 40 years old, 
These clearly aren't all of the individuals who had been in the public eye because of police shootings, justified or unjustified. But this is a sample of the individuals who were caught in the fray and lost their lives. So letting them represent all of those who have died, I would like to ask us a question this morning. I want to ask you a question directly. Which one of these individuals does Jesus not care about? Let me ask you another question. All of the hype aside, all the propaganda aside, all of the froth and volatility aside, all of the justice and injustice aside, just put it all aside for a moment, which one of these individuals do we not care about? Because I believe two things. I'm going to say this last two words. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Archie. I believe two things. One, and I know you believe this with me. Jesus cares about every single individual on the planet. Do you believe that? And Satan hates every single individual on the planet. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay. So, so where are you? Because I believe, and I'm speaking to myself too, these questions are for me as well, because we are all imperfect, we all have prejudices, and we all have a deep need for justice in the earth because we're created in God's image and he's, he's just. But what I believe is this, with all my being, until my heart is right with God, I can't be right with you. Because I'll be coming out of my own prejudices. We all have a little Pharisee living inside of us that's self-righteous. Jesus isn't like that. So today is about us getting on God's page, getting right with him so that we can walk out of these doors and be right with every person we run into. And Pastor Archie is going to make that so. (laughs) Let's welcome Pastor Archie Robinson. (laughs) All right. Can I, can I get this out of my spirit right now? Can I get, will you, will you let me get this out of my spirit? Even if you don't, I'm going to do it anyway. So it'd behoove you to just say, okay. Okay. Hallelujah! I needed, I, I, I needed to get that out. I, I, I had to, you know, I'm kind of radical like that. Uh, my name is Archie Ray Robinson. It sounded like a fighter on me. Archie Ray Robinson. I was born in 1952. Long time ago. So that means I'll be 65 in six months. I know I look good. Didn't I? I already know. I already know. I already know. Like they say, black don't crack. You know. <laughs> we get old though. <laughs> Uh, uh, the thing is, is that I, 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 I try to put everybody at ease about what this topic is about. I was born in 1952. I was born in a house. And I was born in a house because I had to be born in a house. I couldn't be in the hospital. I'm laying this foundation, all right? There's a testimony from where I came from. I was born in a house and uh, went to school, uh, elementary school. I had one room. A um, little bit. Not even big as the stage. And we went from first grade to eighth grade. At that particular time, had to go 30 miles to go to high school if you were going to go to high school. Um, my dad uh, got a 10th grade education and um, had to get out of school. But if at 10th grade, my dad, by the way, my dad was born in 1910. He would have been 100 and something years old right now. 
But he he would have been able to teach school in the, from the 10th grade. He was a very smart man. He was a pastor. And my dad's name was John Henry. Right. <laughs> John Henry Robinson. And... Uh, um, um, at that particular time, um, after I was born, went to the school, um, noticed that most of our school books, all of our school books that we got were handed down to us. Came from our, our I hate to say white, because you guys ain't white. You guys are really colored. Y'all are really colored, because y'all get red and red. <laughs> Well, y'all get embarrassed like y'all doing now. <laughs> y'all get red. Y'all get blue when y'all get a bruise. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Cole. I remember when I first went to integrated school. I didn't get to go to integrated school or mingle with my white counterparts until I was in eighth grade. And that was right after John Kennedy had died. Or got assassinated. I went went to school, and I remember going to school there, and I that was my first interaction now with another nationality. Now I saw you, we talked to you at the store, I like that, but I had my place, and you had your place. I'm, I'm I want y'all to understand that the young people don't don't understand it right now. They don't understand what we had to get go through for them to be where they are. Right now, but they're still going through some things that we didn't have to go through. Kind of. So, um, in the eighth, uh, eighth grade, I, I, I got to school, Lincoln Junior High School. And uh, it's interesting that I, I do a Bible club at Lincoln High School. Amen. Say it. Give me a hand, brother. Lincoln High School is, Lincoln High School is right in the core of Southeast San Diego. Um, and last Thursday I had 70 kids in that Bible club. The incident that happened at Lincoln last year, did y'all hear about that? And the officers came in on the campus. It was the Bible club kids who stood up and wanted to make a difference on the campus. So it's good that God is on the campus. Every Monday morning, like tomorrow morning, I'll be there at 7 o'clock in the morning and in the quad, just like you, we, when you come in here. We'll all be at the quad and we'll all be praying tomorrow. As many as want to, just for the whole week. Then uh, we disperse. But let me get back to this one thing. I went to the school and when I got back into Lincoln, and I had never mingled with that many white people before and they were looking at me and I was looking at them I didn't know what to expect from them and they did not expect from me uh know what to expect from me my sister here um was talking to us earlier and what really drives what y'all feeling right now is fear there's fear because you don't understand you you get around a group of now now I'm going to ask you this question if you was if you are in a, a restaurant and a whole bunch of black people would just say, and I said this now, y'all stay with me. Don't lose me now, all right, all right? We love Jesus in here, right? We love, all right, all right. And, and there was a whole bunch of, and be honest with this, and a whole bunch of black people there. Would you go over there and go, hi, how are you? Some of y'all probably would. But then there would be others that like, oh. Or if you were walking down the street. Ladies are men, and three black guys will walk, unless you were just really, you know, you knew all of this. <laughs> you, 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 you'd walk down the street, and, you know, would you, and it was getting dark, would you just like, oh, let me go across the street for some reason? Or would you really walk by? There's things that the enemy has instilled in us because of our ignorance and because of our fear. And one thing that has not happened is we have not dialogued. We haven't done what John is having me to do today. Just to talk to you about this. I'm going to, now, now, let me say this. This is on the natural plane. One thing I know, I was wondering was I going to be in the right place until I came into prayer this morning. When I got into prayer and they were praying and they were using their heavenly language, I go, oh, yeah, I'm in the right pot right now. 
gee, I thought I was going to have to, you know, hold it all in, you know. But they, they were speaking in tongues. I was like, okay then, all right, let's get to this. Because this is the only thing, the Spirit of God, the power of God is the only thing. Listen to me when I say this. I got some more to say. But listen to me. The only thing that is going to change all of this in the climate is God's people. You notice I didn't say white, black. I said God's people. If my people. How many of y'all are that my people? Uh-huh, uh-huh. If my people. My brown, my white, my black, my brown, my green, my checkerboard. All of them. All of them. If, if my people who are called. Let me t- let me tell you something. I'm so glad the election is the way it is. I'm gonna rest on that. That's a sila moment right there. I'm glad that the election is is the way it is right now because you don't have no choice whatsoever. But I hope you choose to vote though. All right. I hope you choose the vote. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I I hope you choose the vote. I'm not putting no, uh, no. Anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I want you to vote. 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 But this saints, God's people, the ones that are called by a name, get your emotions out of it. Amen. Okay, that means my mouth is real big, bro. Get your emotions out of it. What did I say? Get your emotions out of it and find out what God's heart is. Get your emotions out of it and find out what God's desire is. Find out what God's desire is. I have to put all these in there because I just cannot talk about a black-white issue. Not and be saved. I went to this school. I was 13 years old. I went to the first time I had an encounter of people thinking that I was different was when I had to go to the shower. I went to the shower, and you may think it's funny. I don't know. It was kind of weird to me. But I had to take a shower, and I didn't want to take off my clothes anyway to take a shower. But I did because everybody had, and it was mandatory. You could not go to your class unless you take a shower. So I took a shower, and I noticed everybody was putting a towel around them. Like, okay, I can do that, right? I put my towel around them, but I was wondering why they was watching me as I was walking. Because at that time, there was just three of us in PE class, and we were surrounded by white people. But we had no fear. I didn't. And, and, and I put the towel around, and I'm watching why they're watching me. Why are you watching me? And they would wait till I passed them to watch me. Let me say this. Prejudice comes because it's handed down. If you ever go to a doctor's office, watch the kids play. Watch the little toddlers play. Just because they're little, they go. They don't care if they're dark. They don't care if they're light. They don't care if they have any disabilities. They just like, this is a little person just like me. Right? No prejudice at all. But then mom and pop come around. Don't hang around them people. <laughs> Don't go there. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And you, that's when it comes in right there. But these young men and women, well, in this particular case, men, because we were all in the shower, they watched me walk because they had been told. I found that out later. They had been told that Black people had tails. It's okay. It's okay. Bring it back. Bring it back. (laughs) Gee. That was just ignorance. It's just ignorance. Say ignorance. Ignorance. It's just ignorance. It was just ignorance. That's all it was. And I'm saying this not to... and, And when I get through, don't start feeling bad about stuff. Because there's some there's some things that you're just not gonna change. Only thing, only, only person can change some minds and, and all minds and all hearts is God. Oh, 
I'm going to hit us Christians here in a little bit, but I got to lay this foundation right here. Now, I want you to understand that they were told that and never knew, so they want to know. And then when, when time started, you know, going on and I ended up being in school with them for the, the next few years, they found out that we were normal just like everybody else. We had the same hurts. We had the same fear. We didn't have the same money, but we had the same thing going on. You know what I mean? And so this is what the whole dynamic of being a, a black man in America is a lot different. It is. You hear people talk about white privilege. It's, it's, it's there. It should be God's privilege. That's the way we should look at it. But it's really true. If you've been in the workforce like I have, you'll find these things out. Well, it's, this is what I was telling your daughter and all the young ones in here in junior high. You're our hope. I'm hoping that you get this mindset. And no matter if somebody messes it up or try to mess with it, get in your mind what you know God is like. Stop letting society and, and, and culture dictate to you what you know. One thing I know, one thing I know, one thing I know. When you know something, you can't unknow it. And so therefore... I'm looking at, and that's why I stay at Lincoln High, because I'm trying to give them a different perspective. Okay, so they, they, they look at me, and then I'm looking at all the books that we had when I was in my other school. I went to an all-black school. Ain't nothing like an all-black school, y'all. I remember the first pep rally I went to. And <laughs> first pet rally I went to after I, after I left my the all black school and it was all black and nobody no no Hispanic no nobody it was all of us up in there and I loved it though <laughs> I'm just saying but 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 I went to the I remember our first pet rally at Lincoln High School hey Lincoln Lincoln these are <laughs> and, and boy when we went to a pet rally boom. What John was saying about that. Which one of them would you turn away? If you really knew they had a need. I'm going to tell you something. Two weeks or three weeks ago now. A long ago. I'm working with an organization within Southeast San Diego. I'm going to tell you what I do in San Diego. I'm a gang commissioner. It's a, for Southeast San Diego. Gang intervention and prevention. I've been there for almost eight years. Not a paid, this is a volunteer thing. Well, they volunteered me. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I've been a commissioner for, 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 for eight years. So, not only do I just do things, I, I see things and I'm trying to help prevent some things. You hear me? Okay. Not only that, um, we uh, there was a uh, two young kids who were leaving from a party. They were 15 and 16 years old at this particular time. Monique Palmer, 
And another young man, they were leaving the party, and a gang member shot it out of his gang, uh, a gang sign and shot them. One was a sophomore. Mm. One was a sophomore and one was a junior. They died. They got a little memorial sitting around on the corner, where, not too far from where I live, actually. They started an organization, and it's called Compassion Project. And what we do, um, myself and five other pastors, as well as people, community people, we are part of this. When there's a homicide, we actually try to reach out to the families, try to help them, bless them, help them recuperate, and try to help find services for them and all of that. And then out of that came an organization called CAST, Community Assistance Support Team. This is the organization that I'm part of that actually put me down in the midst of the march or the big uprising after Alungo got shot that night. He got shot at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I was called to go out there at 5. I get there, and when I get there, now I've been to a lot of shootings. I mean a lot. I mean a lot. But this one outdid it. This one now did it for me. And now I find myself getting emotional about it even now. But this is what happened. I get there. When I get there, some of you might have saw me on TV. I didn't see it. Somebody saw it. But I get there. When I get there, I'm watching the big crowd. And the officers, uh, alcohol police officers are there holding down the scene and keeping around the tape, making sure that nobody crosses the tape. And they're holding it down. And you got people just coming out. Everybody that was at that scene that particular night was not from El Cajon. All right? They were not. And let me say this. Let me say this. You wonder why some people riot, riot and get all. They have, I'm going to say the devil has, <laughs> but they have people that are professional instigators. And that's for real. This is for real. I'm not playing with you. I'm telling you, they, they're there. And, and what got me... I'm going to talk to my, my, my brothers right here. Let me check this right here. I'm going to come over and talk, talk to them right here, y'all. Check this out, man. You know, I was there, right? And all of a sudden, the big uproar went, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to say the word. They, you know, I would say it like this. Forget the cops. Forget the cops. Now, y'all know what the other word go with forget. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to keep it clean. All right, <laughs> all right. And so, and the other goes, forget the cops, forget the cops. And all of a sudden, you have three young white kids just get in the, in the trumpet on it. Forget the cops. I'm looking at them like, are you crazy? <laughs> Boy, you don't even know why you... I, I'm afraid because they're in the midst of all of us. And they're talking about they get in it because they feel like that was just something to do. And then all of a sudden, a young black brother walked up on them. And I was like, oh, Lord, help us. But he just told them, you need to stop. Because you don't really know nothing about this. Now, all of this is happening after a man is dead. So all of this is happening and, you know, forget the cops and, and, and all of these things. And what are we are going to do? We need justice. And, and let me say this. Yeah, we need justice. But let me say, saints, Christians, stop getting caught up in this. Stop it. I'm going to get us in a minute. But let me just tell this story. As I'm sitting there, I'm realizing God, we need you. So some more pastors from in the community sees me, and I have my, my I should have worn my jacket in here, but it, it says cast on it, and it big letters in the back. And I have my cap on, too. I'm official. And I, and I get there, and I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I, I'm, I'm there to de-escalate. Yes. 
That's what my, my, my assignment was. Get in there and, you know, and, and try to calm everybody down. I'm getting in there and I'm realizing, boy, this is like a needle in a haystack. I need God like never before. And so all of a sudden, uh, the, some more pastors come and they see me and they go, Pastor Robinson, come on, we need you to pray. We need you to pray right now. Come on. And, they, and they, then it was others, white, black, and everybody, started getting together and started holding hands. As they're holding hands, they're saying, come on, pray, Pastor. Now, check this out. As I'm telling them, getting ready to pray, they say to me, get that out of here. We're talking about prayer. That's the first time, first time in all the incidents that I've ever been at. A digression here. There was a shooting once, and I, I'm going to tell this, because I had never been disrespected like I had that night in El Cajon. And it wasn't about me. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say I was all of that. It was just about nobody had ever said it in that disrespect. But I understand it. But let me say this. There was a shooting one time on, on, on 42nd Street there, right off of Market Street in Southeast San Diego. I was called to come there. And, and what had happened was, I'm hoping this is not too graphic for some of y'all. But anyway, what had happened was, there was a man who was shot in broad daylight and left in the street. And so I get there, and when I get there, I'm there to de-escalate this situation. The the, uh, police officer had called me, and I get there. Man is in the street, and they hadn't covered him yet because they're still trying to get all the forensics around it. So anyway, he's there. And over here, I'm in in, in, in a gang area. I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to put that out there. But I'm in a a gang area, and now everybody is is coming around. They're coming around. And all of a sudden, the officer who was the lieutenant at that time, or captain at the time, he says, Archie, uh, here's the, the gentleman's son. He's 24 years old. And he's looking at his dad. And he's doing this. As he's looking at his dad, he's looking at his dad, he's doing this. And I'm knowing, man... He, he can't, he's looking at his dad in the middle of the street and he just, he's just walking and he's, he's hurt. He don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, I go over to him and I, and I just grab him, John. I just grab him. I say, son, I, 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 I'm not going to tell you I know how this feels. I said, if this was me, only thing I could do was pray. Will you, will you let me pray with you? In a moment, in him seeing his dad, he says, yes, sir. I walk with him. We go over to the side. Then everybody's gathering around because they see him walking with me. So now they're all coming around. I mean, it was as many as in here. They come, and they settle down around him. And I said, let's pray. Now, by this time, some of the gang members were there. As soon as I said, let's pray, you know what they all did? They all bowed their head. And we all prayed. But that wasn't so in El Cajon. This is the first time that I felt darkness. I knew then that this was a spirit war. They said, get that out of here. Where was Jesus when he got shot? We don't want to hear no more about no prayer. One or two young men said, how long are we going to pray? Now, I kind of wanted to say to them, bro, you probably ain't never prayed. You're talking about grandma and them. Them the ones who done prayed, you know, the ones that done prayed us through civil rights and all of that. But you ain't did that kind of prayer. And that's what's bothering me. We ask for justice and don't go to the lawgiver. Let me get this out of my pocket and that might be the one that's making that what that's doing. Okay, I'm good. We're We're talking about let's have justice. And I'm talking about. Pastors, not East County pastors in the particular one, because we've been, I've been, been part of the East County pastors since 2001. 
only thing that saved alcohol. That's the only thing that saved alcohol. Is that prayer group. Now let me say this. As I'm there that night and I'm watching this. We leave from there. Because if anybody would have crossed that tape. You would have seen a Ferguson jump. (laughs) Because they had the sheriff officers with the dogs. And the riot gear behind the building. Thank God that they listened to myself and one of my team members of CAS. They left, and then she called, and then the sheriffs left. Then they were going to have this thing down at, at, the, uh, <clears throat> at the police station. They were going to give you some insight on it. We get there, and then all of a sudden, here they come, and then somebody instigating again says, start saying, forget the police. So the man takes it inside. Now, he takes it inside because he knows he's going to, he wants, going to be disrupted. And then everybody says, now they're taking it inside. So they couldn't win. Now, let me get back to believers. Like John, if you didn't know, I'm black. <laughs> I've been black for almost 65 years. <laughs> Not going to change now. Amen. So the thing is, is that as we allow God to be first in our lives, and I'm going to put this out here. Let me ask you this question. Is God real? Oh, that was weak. Gee. Wow. Hey, look. Look, we're yeah. on the operating table. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm going to ask that question again. Is God real? Yeah. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. And let me say this. He is real, though. Yeah. He, he, he really is real. Yeah. And why wouldn't we act like it? We act like it. Let me say this. This is not going to change until we start getting together. See, we, we, want, we want the world to change, but the world can't change. We're the only hope that the world has. Are you with me? We're the only hope that the world Check it out. Even Jesus says, they only going to know about me as they see that you have one another. Now, you think he would say, love for the world. He said, uh-uh. Yeah, we got to have love. It's got to be a community or a culture of love amongst the people who are already doing this black-white thing. Yeah. I, I got to be able to bump shoulders with you, you know. Let me say this. While we were singing, I noticed Hope got rhythm, man. <laughs> Oh, that's it. I forgot. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. But, but I, I'll throw these things in just to, you know, that's, I can't, I don't know what's wrong with my mind. But, 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 but I'm just saying, you know, as, as, as you understand these things and as, as you see what God is trying to do, we're the ones supposed to be getting this together. You're supposed to be able to, uh, to be with me. You ought to be able to ask me some hard questions. As a believer, like, Archie, what do black folks really eat? <laughs> we eat everything white folks eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we, but we add a little flavor. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mess with John because he asked me to be here, so I don't know I can hang with him. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you got to understand... You have got to understand that God is trying this, the whole situation about the, the presidency, the whole situation about the race relation, all these little things. Now, God is not killing people. He's not allowing police officers to, to shoot and, and do all this. Let me say this. Sometimes they're just afraid. I have a sheriff officer in our church. Our church is not is not that big. We might have we have less than you do. We just our church just holds 120. 
So with all the kids in there, we barely get 120. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you got to understand that, that he, he was, he's an officer, and I'm going to have him to explain a situation in the next couple of weeks about how an officer feels. And he's a SWAT officer. And I, I want him to explain about a situation that when you're in a tight spot and somebody just flies something on you, you, what I realize, you shoot them three times and didn't even know you shot once. Another thing I found out is that none of them, in fact, the officer, the captain that night in El Cajon told us nobody's trained to shoot for the leg or the arm. They're not trained that way. They're trained to shoot for the... They they don't mean to kill you. They just mean to stop you. And so they're trained to shoot in this area. And if they make it sometimes, they might be scared and shoot you in the arm by mistake. But they shoot you so many times sometimes because they're just afraid. And they done shot five, six times. Not everybody. Not everybody. I'm not making excuses, so don't get me, get me wrong. I'm just saying, saints, men and women of God, we're the one that's going to have to do something different. I'm loving that we come in here and worship. I'm loving that we come in here and pray and hear the word of God and that you being asked them hard questions. But what are you going to do now with what God is doing in your heart? After I leave here, don't try to go to every little, you know, like what the what black folks doing over here today? No, 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 be white. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I just, I just want to do something. I just want to pray. Pray and be real. So we, the, the world is tired of fake folk. Tony, you know, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. And you can't stand the person next to you. Why do we got so many church splits? Because nobody don't want to humble themselves and say, okay, I'm just going to hang with you. Don't get me wrong. I know some cases you got to split. <laughs> oh, believe me. Believe me. That's how new birth got started. I had to get up out of there. All right? I couldn't hang with that no more because I know that God had given me a mission and I knew what I had to do. That's it. But those things that you're just holding grudges and all that, we've got to get past that because the enemy will keep that in our heart and we won't be able to be free enough to reach somebody. Has anybody ever spat in your face or slap you because you love God? It ain't come to that yet. I came close to it on that night though. Not me slapping somebody. <laughs> but them slapping me, maybe. Because they were really serious. Don't, don't bring that up in here. In fact, the first time they tried to pray, they shut it down. What I did, and my son said he saw me on the news, and he's all the way up in Palm Desert. And he said, Dad, I saw you, and he looked like you was just pushing and I was. I stopped listening to everybody. I started looking into heaven and said, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I declare right now you come in the midst of these people. I declare right now, God, you begin to change hearts. I declare right now you move in this place. I, de- I, was, I was out of it. Boy, I lost myself. I understand the dynamic of all of this. You're not going to have that much of that, this situation here in this area. So I'm telling you, don't go down there looking for it. Help the ones that are already down there. <laughs> Just help them. Pray for them. 
2006, the Lord put me on an assignment. So Archie, there was a corner. It's there. Euclid and Imperial. Euclid goes north and south. Imperial goes east and west. And at the top of this point, it's, it's like a hill. You don't notice this is a hill. It's just the way the street is. If you go uh, west, you go down. If you go, you know, east, you go down. And same thing when you're going north and south. You're going down. You don't realize it's a hill. They called this point at one time. We changed the name. The Four Corners of Death. The Lord put me on a three-month assignment once. Right after I became a commissioner. Because young people were dying. Teenagers. And when I first got in with the commission, I found out that the homicide rate had risen so much. Uh, the Lord put me on assignment. I went back and I went on his four corners and we called it the four corners of life now. Right on. I went to that corner for three months, three months, three months, every Monday night. And I told God, God, I'll do it. And I bring, and with me, I had our church, and there was about four other pastors who did, came with me. In fact, some people from uh, uh, Mark Hoffman's church or uh, Dave Hoffman's church, they came down to it. And we prayed on this corner. I had all the men that have signs just say, we're just praying. I had them standing around, all around this corner, all the way around. Had all the women and children in the circle of everybody. They were praying. The men were praying while they were holding the sign, but they were willing. They could bring their blankets, their pillows, or whatever they need to kneel and pray. Every Monday night for three months, and this was the instruction God told me to tell. And that's why we need men of God to hear from God. God gave me this instruction. He said, when, when you tell them, tell them from 7 to 8 o'clock, one hour you pray. When you're done, leave. Don't talk, don't hesitate, leave. For three months I did that. And I told God, I said, God, if it rain, I'm going to be here. No matter what happens, I'm going to be here on this corner every Monday night. For three months I did that. And let me say this. And one night, right before, about three weeks before it was the last one that we had to be on, it started raining. And I could hear the enemy say, now what you going to do? All the women, all the children were still on that corner. And this is what happened. One of the pastors said, we need to talk to the rain. And this is a true statement. I'm telling you this is the truth. It like to drove my son out of his mind. I said, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I declare that the rain stopped. Stop now in Jesus' name. And it was like he said, it stopped raining. My son went, oh, God. Oh, oh, God. But it was a miracle that happened. In every, it was a notable miracle. You know what I'm saying? He spoke to him and like, just cut it off. And all the kids. The mothers, all the fathers, everybody was like, oh, oh, and I'm just thinking, yeah, God, I'm, hallelujah, that's what you got to look out for, God start using you, you're going to go, like George Jefferson, hallelujah, but, <laughs> but you got to understand, you got to understand, listen to me, y'all, this is priming us up. You are, you are a church that is progressively getting ready. Hallelujah. I declare in the name of Jesus that this house come into its expected end. I declare
I declare because of the heart of the man of God and the people of this house, I declare in the name of Jesus, in the matchless mighty name of Jesus, that you come into your expected end. I declare that right now, that everything that your heart desires concerning the work of God come into play right now. I declare right now that he heals your mind, your soul, and your spirit. I declare that right now in Jesus' name, there will be in your life, in your life, unexpected end that nobody will be able to stop. I declare right now that God will move in your home, will move in your businesses, will move in your jobs, will move with your children, will move with your relationships. strength in you. I declare that you are even more hope than your name. I declare that you will be to this man a real strong source of comfort. I declare that your children will prosper in all that they do. That this woman of God will truly be a woman of God. I declare that she will worship beyond measure. I declare that right now in Jesus' name. I declare in this house. What God is looking for is in this house. I speak unity in this house. I speak clarity in this house. I of God I want to thank you for allowing me to be here and I probably didn't hit on all the racial issues that I could have told you about but one thing I want to let you know I know that that stuff is real but it shouldn't be real in the house of God are y'all hearing me I know that there is prejudice in the world but we're in the world we're not of it and we're supposed to bring about a change Young men, young women, be what God called you to be. Yes, you're going to be tried. Yes, you're going to be tempted. Yes, people are going to try to pull you into this kind of thinking. But you stand strong. Stand strong, saints of God. Stand strong. Be willing to give your time, your money, and your life to a ministry like this. Don't let nothing hinder you. He said, what can I do? That's what you can do. What I found out is people, they can do a lot, but ask them to come to a prayer meeting. You'll find out who really real. Ask them to really come in and, and pray for a substantial time. I found out they'll go to a musical, they'll come to where people sing. But does anybody want to hear from God? People want to march. It was a young man that was wanting to go back down to Oklahoma and march again. And I was saying, no, no, no. Go somewhere and, 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 and pray and ask God for wisdom. They didn't do it. They haven't done it. And I'm asking God, God, give me the clarity and the insight on how to reach young men and young women to do this work. I want to thank you for this time. I want to say this scripture to you. So you can say, he didn't say one scripture. <laughs> I actually got two, but I'm gonna, I'll do this one. Second Corinthians 10. 10 and 3. We are human. I'm saying this out of NLT. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments, to destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. 
we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. Can we go to Ephesians real quick? Thank you, Father. Ephesians 6, and y'all all know this one. 6 and 12. Ephesians 6 and 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Get that in your spirit. It's not a black-white issue. Are y'all hearing me? It's not about my color, not about your color. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle... You will still be standing what? Yes, sir. Let's pray over uh, Pastor Archer now. Reach your hands down. Lord, we thank you for men of God from the very beginning. It's men and women of God that you have assigned to certain places and spaces that stood up, fulfilled their assignment, and heaven invaded the earth. I've been on four corners of death. I used to be a youth pastor in East County, and I took some gang members back home, and I was driving the car, and I lifted my hand up. When they grabbed my hand and pulled it down, they said, don't do that here. I said, why? They said, we're at the four corners of death, and they could misinterpret that as a gang sign. Freaked me out. This man of God, you assign to turn that very corner into the four corners of life. We bless him in this house. We receive him, Lord, as a prophet. Lord, we pray. I pray for every individual in this house and everyone in the sound of mine and Archie's voice today that they hear your voice and our voice. And that every person they encounter in every sector of life, that they will see them and feel them through your heart and your eyes. The reason I asked Archie to come today and the reason I wanted to strike this today, family of God, is... Even though we live in North County Inland, we're not in Southeast San Diego. It's a global universe now. It's a global world. We're all on social media. And the the blast from the from human prejudice, human spirit, and from the demonic is just literally flooding the airwaves. And we allow it into our hearts and our eyes, and it changes us and shapes us into the world's mold. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God, to hear the men and women of God speaking the Word of God, the clear, clean Word of God. It gives us that chiropractic spiritual adjustment. We get God's heart. And you're able to discern the, if I can say it, forgive me, discern the crap. That's it. And so that you then can, if you, if you don't hear God's voice, you can't discern the other voices. And you buy into them, and it gets into your flesh, and you're doing this. You're no good to God anymore. And we're actually being used by the enemy to tear down. So we need to walk wisely as we walk out these doors. What I love about what Pastor Archie did was he brought it down to individuals. An individual SWAT team member going to be in his church. Individual gang members that he has talked to individual victims that he has talked to. These are all individuals that Jesus died for. And we need to go out in his name 
and love everyone. Amen? Amen. John, can I just say, I forgot to tell you. Oh, I got him stirred up again. No, no, no. I'm just going to say this real quick. For those three, those three months, for a whole year, another, another youth didn't die. Woo! Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, now we can't leave today without me doing the most important thing, and that is this. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus before, all this stuff doesn't matter. This is all temporal stuff we're talking about. One day the earth is going to be over. God caught one of his disciples up into heaven and showed him everything. One day the curtain is going to drop and it's all over. And if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, you will have to give an account for your own sin. And the penalty of that is separation from God forever. 